0: Welcome to Just an Average Citizen, the podcast that helps educate, inform, and empower you to make an impact in Abilene and the big country. Thank you so much for joining me here. As you can tell, I have a little bit different setup. So I hope I can do this one okay without feeling a little too out of sorts because I'm a creature of habit. So I'm so glad you're joining me on this podcast for our Monday. We can review, we can preview to look at what's going on in the city and to learn how we can be better educated and informed to make an impact where God has called us to live and be a part of this community. So it would really help me out if you could subscribe and share with your family and friends as podcast to help them also be educated and informed. There's a lot going on right now. And while I can't talk about every detail of things are going on, there's going to be a time where we're going to need to really have a great place to get information. And I hope this becomes a great source of information for you here in the city. Now, I know I'm not going to be getting press releases and things like that from the city. So I kind of have to do my own legwork. But as you can see that this is a job that is not for the weary or it's not for the faint of heart. We've got to work together to figure out how we can work on becoming more aware of what's going on in the day-to-day process of the city so that when things come up, we can better we're better equipped to um, engage in processes that are helpful and get um, something accomplished. Because, you know, it doesn't do any good. I mean, you can show up to city council and you can tell them you don't like something. You can go to the Board of Adjustments meeting and say you don't like it, or planning and zoning and say you don't like it. But if you don't have something concrete for them to really wrap their heads around or to be able to respond to, then it really doesn't matter how much time and energy you spend, how much you're upset or frustrated – there is a process and we have to learn how to do it. And one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast and what I'm seeing is just in such a dismal state in our community is a lack of people in leadership who want to educate citizens on what their job is. How do they make good choices? Who do they talk to? Where do they go to to find out information? And we have had just such a, a complacent community that willing to just listen to people who say, hey, just do this or just do that. And and we're okay with that. And, and that's on us. And so I I do believe there are people who want to help us but again there's there's such a big gap between the citizens and what uh, the functioning government is it's a, it's a really big leap to overcome in fact I just totaled this week alone you know this is not my paying gig and I am set up in a situation where I'm able to be flexible to attend a lot of these board meetings but this meet this week alone I attended or there were eight board meetings that you could be a part of and that in itself is like 8 hours and And multiple ones are at the same time. And so how do you even... Deal with that. That's overwhelming to me. And while I say I'm just an average citizen, actually, I'm doing more than the average citizen trying to figure out how to do it. And so, you know, we have to learn who our sources of um, truth are, who our sources of information are. And one of the things that has grieved me greatly, and I'll move on into what's going on, is just that there are people who just want to tell you what to do. And they get frustrated and mad if you don't listen to them. And we should question everybody. We should qu- you should question me. Where am I getting my sources from? Am I giving you the facts or am I skewing them so that the facts look or the my opinion look like facts. That's not helpful. And it doesn't really give you the ability to to learn and grow on your own. You know, that ch- the Chinese proverb that says, you know, give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day. Give a man, teach a man to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. And we have so many fish givers in our city. So I am trying to change that. And I'm trying to show you how you can change that by being one who teaches people to fish not just feeding them with the fish you catch. Because again, that's not sustainable. And when I go and you go and the fish stops, what are the people going to do? And we want our future generations to not have to wrestle with this, uh, climate we live in, uh, I would say political climate we live in, where we're like, oh, any, any discussion is just shut down. We can't have any discussion. And if you bring up facts and they're not all shiny and positive, then, then we just can't talk about it and, and you're just being mean. And, and um, I realized that, you know, a lie is something people say to get you to believe something they want. They have an agenda and they're going to tell you what you want, what you need to hear in order to agree with them. A negative... Um, Fact is just that. It's a fact. Um, One of the examples I used is, you know, um, Tammy hates people. That's a lie. Tammy doesn't agree with pluralism. That's a negative fact. I don't agree with pluralism, but it's a fact. And by knowing that, then you know that when I say I believe in the one true God, you're going to be like, yep because she doesn't agree with pluralism, it helps you to understand how to engage better with the discussion going on. So, let's continue to open up the conversation and keep it on the facts and the ideas, because as soon as we branch off into the people and we start criticizing attributes about people that they can't control necessarily, then you've really gone into a spirit that is more like the, the father of lies than it is the, the God of creation. And so, we want to really be careful that we don't venture off too much into things that really are petty and childlike or childish and walk in the maturity of being able to have a discussion. You know, if I am pro-life and I want people who are in office who are pro-life, then I need to know that the representative voted for pro-life issues if I'm pro-choice, which, you know, I would love to have a conversation about you on that, then you're not going to vote for someone who doesn't support those ideas and um, those that legislation. And those are the facts we should be talking about. How is the person doing, what are they doing, not who they are? Because, goodness gracious, there's a lot of great people here in our community. If that's what we decide is worth voting on, then we really don't have much differentiation between a lot of people. So, those are my thoughts on that. I was, in other news, I was just so excited. I was, I follow the city of Abling, their social media page. And I think there's like several pages. So I've got to get better at following them because, you know, in all my free time. But um, they said that they were actually going to do a survey for Lork, Lork, <laughs> Lork <laughs> Lake Phantom, for Phantom. Let me get my mouse here. And so we can see here that if you go to... Um, Let me just show you how easy it is to get here. And this is a great place that if you could check, you know, once a week or something like that, then I would be really proud of you. Um, Realistically, if you're watching my podcast, then you're already doing probably more than the average citizen. So thanks for doing that. But the latest news is a great place to look. We're going to talk about Camp Barkley here in a minute. Um, They have information about a construction project. And then here is the the Lake Fort Phantom Hill Master Plan input needed. So I've heard they talk about, surveys and they need our input, here's a chance. I think this is great. Um, they, You can just scroll down here at the bottom and you can click on the survey or if you're on social media, I bet you can go to the City um, of Abilene page and they'll have a link is which actually where I did it from, which is probably not very smart or safe. But regardless, I did it from there. And so you can fill out the survey and let them know I was really, I really want a place to bike. We have these great bikes and I just don't want to bike on the streets. It's It's really not safe. It's not really fun. And and so I would love to have a bike trail around the lake. I don't know how much that costs because a walking trail around Kirby Lake cost about $9 million. But, you know, maybe we can get that going too. So this is a great place to add input. And we'll talk about some other ways you can offer input in the future. So I have a lot of notes going on here. Um so I'm going to try and stay on tack. Like I said, there was eight meetings, and I attended a lot of them on top of early voting and other meetings. It's just been a week full of stuff. So let's see here. Um, the good news is there are officially no city, cal- city council candidate challengers. So Shane Price and Lynn Beard have been elected for another two-year um, Term and so that means that the city is not going to hold public elections in May, which means that that saves about sixty thousand dollars for the city because they're not paying for elections. So that means we're going to really be focusing on the school board race. I don't, I've been trying to figure out how to find who's running. I do know that Blair Schroeder is running for place three, and I just found out that Taylor Tidmore is running for place. One, which I believe is Derek Hood, is he's the incumbent. So I believe there's, but I'm not sure if there's anybody running against Blair Schroeder or um, Angie Wiley, I believe, is also running for re-election. So those are going to be some things we want to pay attention to. We want to learn some phrases that you want to watch out for to help you know what people are standing for by what they say, because, you know, a lot of people have good intentions, and they, I think that these people think they're doing what's great for the education system, but there's some things that we can look forward to help encourage them to pick a better lane, because um, we've got to take care of our kids, and we've got to put good good gateways, uh, gatekeepers in charge, so that um, whatever is, is coming at our door is not allowed into our schools, so that we can uh, really be able to protect our kids because there's a lot of stuff going on in our state and in our um, in our district that is not helping things and it costs money. And we've got to be looking at how to bring that into balance so that our kids can get the best academic experience in the big country. And, and that's something I think most people can agree on. We want them to have a successful academic career so that it prepares them for being adults and being citizens of our community. And um, finding success. Okay, so I think that's all we're going to talk about beforehand. Um, I did total, total up, there was over nine hours of meetings, if you attended all the meetings this week. And I will say that I, every meeting, I try to look at the agenda, take some notes to prep myself, look at any agenda packets or minutes that are provided. And then I sit, if I can attend the meeting, I watch it on the the city, um, the, the the city website and then I add any additional notes that I've learned from watching the meeting and then I bring it to you. So it is a lot of work. So the just staff for citizen part has really ramped up and I'm really not sure how we can, uh, navigate through this as people who have full-time lives and we're not elected officials and we're not supposed to be this heavily involved in what's going on, but it's taking this much work to figure out how to know what's going on so that it can be maintainable. And we haven't quite achieved that level yet, but we're going to keep working on it. So, I have I have faith that we're going to find a way through. And this one, I was talking to my friend the other day. She's like, you know, I'm just trying to go to each board meeting so I can find which one I really that really resonates with me. And I would say that it, I was I was like, yay, we don't need to go to all of them. We need to find people who are willing to go to one of them so that we can say, hey, I noticed this is coming up or hey, pay attention to this and and um and I still haven't find the rhythm found the rhythm to that. But it's happening. We're moving in that direction and I'm I'm it makes me excited. So I was really tickled to hear my friend interested in going to um or finding the board meeting that fits her. I will tell you I'm really loving a lot of the meetings I go to because I've it's, I'm learning stuff that I never knew I wanted to learn about until someone started talking. It's like wow, this is really fascinating. So it's you know it's it's not all it's all and all heavy labored work. I'm enjoying myself, but it is a lot of work to you know take care of my kids and and still do the things I need to do in my regular life besides this this part of it as well. So all right, so let's go ahead and go into the week in review. Like I said, there are so many meetings. Um, I almost missed one due to, I check the calendar typically Friday or Saturdays as I'm preparing for the podcast to look and see what's coming up. And so one of them slipped in on Monday and I almost missed it, but thank goodness I'm regularly engaging with the city website. So I was able to catch it and we'll talk more about that in a minute. The first meeting I want to go to is the parks and rec meeting. And there's a couple items on that. There's a lot that they talk about. I really wanted to go this meeting, but you know, it was the first day of early voting. I have another uh, a, um, a regularly uh, a meeting that I do every Tuesday, and so it really has never worked. But I really wanted to be able to talk to them about the new park location. They did mention that it had to be moved because of the construction going on for the flat fields behind the uh, the total. The names left me the AYSA Youth Sports Center, and you know, I looked at it. It, it didn't make sense to me because maybe I will see the better. The layout once it's there, but it was kind of off to the side. It just probably is not an ideal location, which, you know, that's fi- fair enough. They didn't want it in that location. They wanted to move it. Let's say that's the reason. Don't say it needed to be moved if it didn't. But again, I haven't been able to go to a meeting to ask him why it was moved because it cost $500,000 to move this to a different location. And, you know, that just seems like a lot of money for a dog park. So it will be moved. They've already agreed to it. They're moving it. They've got the plan in place. Let's see here. I'll show you. Um, the name's, I think, going to say the same. And it's going to be right behind the um, All Kind Animal Center, which is on East South 11th. They're, I think it's being built like right here if you can see my arrow right next to the, to the, that, that looks like a river, but I think it's just a Creek. (laughs) So it's built there and it's going to be back here. So you'll get through it behind through the, there's, there's going to be a road that goes there off East South 11th and there'll be the two different dog parks. And I'm sure it's going to be great. I mean, you're spending money on it. It's going to be great, but it's going to be called Camp Barkley. Uh, Leslie Anders did mention that it'll possibly be closed. The transition will be make the park unusual for about six to 12 months. So you just want to keep that in mind. But again, we knew this was coming, it was happening. I'm not really excited about it because um, I don't really like the dog parks because people don't really manage their dogs well. In fact, we used to go to dog parks in another place we lived and it all, it went really well and had no problems And so we came here and um, went a couple of times and my dog got attacked. So I will never probably use that dog park because it's just, um, there's too many unknowns and I don't want my dog traumatized because other people's owners don't know how to manage them. So... Um, That was about it. Okay, so the next thing I want to look at on the agenda, it was kind of, they talked about it before, and then they talked about the dog park, then they talked about it after, and I don't understand that exactly, but that's okay. So I'm just going to talk about the capital improvement um, grant application. And so I mentioned this to you the last meeting they had. It was kind of confusing to me because they had listed like the northern, um, let's see if I can just scroll up here real quick and show you. For example, yeah, I'm on the wrong slider. There we go. For example, it said here that the project estimated cost was 8,000, the requested grant fund was 6,000 or 7,000 and 9,000. And it was like, what does that mean? Do we have to cover the difference? And even in the meeting it was really confusing, but thankfully I stuck through the end and I found out that they have applied for a grant and they have been awarded over 3 about $300,000 through this grant and what it requires is 80% of the grant will be given if the the different entities will match it with 20%. So all these different little leagues that are going to be wanting these improvements, they're going to match it with the 20% matching fund will be supplied by them and not the city. And this is a grant. So that means it's money that was available for us to take advantage of. And I'm, I'm glad that they were able to successfully do that because they are going to improve the different baseball and softball needs of our community in a a tune of about $286,000. There is one funding project that they didn't quite agree upon, and I think they're going to wait until they get more money, which was for for batting cages near the Wiley Fast Pitch Softball Association. So um, I was glad just to hear that they're engaging. They weren't just like a rubber stamping whatever came before them. And so that sounds like the baseball community and softball community is going to be up for some great improvements in different aspects. And if you want to look and see what all those improvements are going to work on, that is under the agenda minutes for the Parks and Rec for February 20th. All right, so let's go ahead. I think that's all for it. Yep, let's go to the next one, which is um, the health district. So I, <laughs> you know, I, I never know what to expect, and you know, my husband is so such a trooper. We are, I showed up to the health district meeting last time. I think it was in November, and I was the only public public person in attendance that was not on the board, and that's fine. I'm getting used to that, but uh, I wish my husband had come because there's a lot of information. Like it was a fire hydrant. Type experience for me, and so I know that it's helpful for me to have stuff recorded, so that if I need to go back and look at it, I can remember things and learn new things. and And I saw some topic of interest that I was really excited to be a part of the, con- or not a part of the conversation, because at board meetings you're just there like a fly on the wall for the most part. But the conversations with the public health board meeting, they talked about the refugees that come in. there There's several things on there. I talked about the Mercy Clinic, and there was a pipe burst when it was really cold that one day. And because it's an old building, they're fixing it and managing it. And the reason why they have the Mercy Clinic where they do is because that's the demographic that uses it the most in the 79603 area where the public health district is or the yeah the public health building is it's not in that area so it it makes it harder for people to access the the services that they provide so they're working on that and it seems like they have some great um a great relationship with the um the irc and things going on like that that make this a A community effort. And so then that led into the discussion about the refugees that are brought through the IRC, which again, I've known about the IRC when they started coming. I was super excited to get involved. It wasn't a good fit for me. So I'm glad that they have some ability to be able to help people relocate to Abilene. I think there's something we need to look further into the IRC and what exactly their goal is. And I'm not sure it really matches with our community as much as I originally thought. So that's something I would say, let's look into and figure it out. Because there's a lot of money, I believe, coming in through this program. For example, they had uh, over 100 immigrants come in and in the fiscal year 2023, and they're expecting, I wrote it down, about 124 family in tw- fiscal year 2024. And I thought it was fascinating that they mentioned that this, you know, an individual family could be one person or it could be 12 people. So you have a very vast, a, a great range of things that could actually Amount of people that can come into our community, and while they are funded through this program, so they have their their housing costs, all these things are met through this program. You know, we have to always look and see at how it affects our community, and I, I do think right now, from another meeting, I understood that the the employment rate is really low in our town. We don't have enough workers for the jobs, and so. Um, I guess that's a good thing that there are people coming into our community who could possibly do some of these jobs that we need to have filled in order for our community to work and the, and the business to thrive. So, you know, it's something we need to look into. It's a new conversation for me. And I always love having things that stretch my brain and make me go, hmm, let's look at this and let's figure it out because I'm a puzzle. I love solving puzzles and figuring out the best path forward. And that seems like something worth looking more into. They do expect in fiscal year 2025, they're expecting over 400 family people to come in through our area and I did think it was really interesting you know um, I, I think these people are very educated and they know a lot of what they're talking about so I have great respect for them and I enjoy listening to them share the data and the information they're working on I know I come from a different place of how how we approach the medical, the public health issue. But, you know, I still love learning from people who maybe we don't always come to the same conclusions. But they talked about how under Trump, there was a cap because um, I believe it was Commissioner Randy Williams asked, you know, is there anybody paying attention to how many people come in? And how does the funding match up? And they explained that under Trump, there actually was a cap on how many immigrants were allowed into our nation, and then once Biden took office, uh, the cap was removed, and so we have, like, you know, so to see go from one hundred and twenty-four to four hundred and ten. It seems like it's it's really not going to be sustainable, and I just thought that was interesting. You know, you very it's not very often that you get to see the direct uh, direct uh, consequences of what leadership in D.C. does to our area. In such a tangible way. So again, I'm new to this. I I don't know all the information, but I think it's worth looking into. The other area that I thought was really interesting to me because I wanted to be a part of this conversation, and again, I am a fly on the wall, so really I don't have any part in the conversation at all, but I love hearing what they're talking about so that I can look and see how that affects me and how it affects our community and what, what does that look like going forward. And so they were talking about childhood immunizations, and they were worried about how it was affecting. Those register for school because uh, by law, you're required to have your children immunized, although there are religious exemptions, and I found that a lot of people do use religious exemptions to get out of different immunizations, and it was funny, it was kind of mentioned like, yeah, they're not really religious exemptions, but they get away with it because they use this thing. Called the religious exemptions, but again, you know these these laws are kind of archaic and don't really meet up with what we've learned and what we've grown into in the last thirty years. And I think it's such a conversation we should have, you know, to open up and talk more about. And so it was really fascinating to sit here and listen to all these medical professionals talk about what the trends were. There was. Um, an epidemiologist who was giving her research and talking about how trends are that, you know, COVID did mess up a lot of uh, immunizations and then the conversation about how the trust in the medical community has been really lessened or weakened because of what happened with the COVID uh, vaccine and all those things. And so uh, it's been a really interesting conversation and I sat and patiently listened and she talked, the epidemiologist noticed that, you know, it was really important to give um, parents education and one of the ways she wanted to do that was through a pamphlet handed out to new moms as they have a baby in the hospital. And again, I sat patiently and I watched and listened and I just realized that, you know, if all I tell you are about the great things about something, then you don't even notice that there are possible negatives, right? And I think most of us have learned that there are more conversations we need to have about what we allow to put in our bodies, and the informed part is super important. And so, I patiently waited for them to have these conversations and talked about how they how could they build trust. And you know, the apparently the affluent communities are those who are fluent have less uh, are hesitant to trust the medical community and what they're talking about in terms of immunizations and how there's some there's some scenarios that were given to talk about the importance of them being able to have better education. And so the meeting closed and I raised my hand and I said, is it okay if I make a public comment? And so I I shared my thoughts as how, because I felt like I was a demographic that they were Talking about the whole entire time, how do we convince people? And I just said, you know, I think I'm in the demographic that you're wanting to be able to build a trust relationship with. And I said, one of the best things I think you could do is to be honest about immunizations that you don't just talk about all the benefits, but you also talk about the potential adverse reactions. Because I had noticed a few weeks ago, or probably a couple months now, that the city health department was promoting the HPV vaccination from Gardasil. And, you know, it really didn't sit well with me because I do know that there are, I mean, like literally just this week, I saw that there there's a legal, um, a court case because two um, children died from taking the HPV vaccination. And there are adverse reactions. And if we don't allow people to see that and make a, an informed choice, then we're, we're really not being helpful. We're just trying to control our community. And that's not what we're about. We're not about control. We're about letting people make what's the decisions that are best for themselves. And so I think that, um, including some more of that, because I know there are people, I know personally, people who are struggling with children having adverse reactions to, um, vaccinations and, you know, it's funny that the medical professionals they don't really have a very a lot of time training on this. I mean, they have a one course in med school. And to my knowledge, most people don't really spend much time really researching it. And so, I had um, I knew of a lady that when she was trying to deal with an adverse reaction to her son, who I mean, it was due to the immunizations. The doctor said, "Listen, you don't complain. You don't. You don't apologize for trying to talk." To me about what you know because you have spent far more time researching it than I have, and you have to advocate for your child. And so when we as parents start to take that on for ourselves, we have to be okay with getting some pushback. But at the same time, it's for our child's well being, and we want to be informed about what we consent to. So as long as you're informed and you know the goods, the, the the positives and the negatives, and you've weighed them for yourself, then that's all that all that's all that needs to happen, and then we can move forward from there. So I know that was a lot about the health district, the public. Um, health district board meeting, I was really glad to go. I really feel like there's a lot of great knowledge we can learn about what's going on in our community. So I'm really thankful for the opportunity to get to go. And we are recording that one. And so I'm not really sure how to um, just get out those videos because a lot of people aren't really excited to watch them. But I'm going to try and work on making sure that if they're not recorded, there's at least a place that you can find to watch them if that's something you would choose to do. So then we're going to move to the next meeting, which is the Metropolitan. Okay, so let's go here um, to the Metropolitan Planning Organization, I guess that's what that is. Okay, so they had a presentation of a guy from his name was Matt Genova from ACON. And I don't know what that stands for. And this is another one where I just have to go, Oh, my gosh, I just feel not smart. <laughs> you know, I think if I had if I didn't have any other board meetings to attend, and I didn't have a life, I could probably spend some time and understanding what they're talking about. And I think what they're talking about is very important and relevant for us. I just don't know how to disseminate that information to you yet. So be patient with me. So I'm trying to give you the highlights from what I was was able to take away that I thought was important. They had some project goals. They're trying to um, rezone our area and what is considered our metropolitan area so that there can be better funding for streets and transportation and all those things. So they talked about, you know, that the population and the boundaries are related to where where it is like, you know, there's some extensions going on to the South because it's growing. And and let me just show you here. The one thing I keep, you know, stakeholders to me is a word that is kind of a red flag. And I don't think it's supposed to be a red flag in all cases. But I do think, um, there's times where we should be more, and that's where it's like it's hard to, to separate what is um, what is something you should pay attention to, and what is it just you being paranoid, you know? Have you ever felt that way? <laughs> so I believe the stakeholders in this boundary de- delineation is the expansion committee, the advisory committee, the policy board, and local officials. And so I think what that means is these are the people who have an invested um interest in making sure this is beneficial to their community. And so it was communicated throughout the meeting that there were several of these local officials invited who have not been a part of it. And I was like, wow, look, this is a really well attended meeting. And then I realized why they were invited. And I was like, oh, and I was kind of sad I didn't get to go because I really like to enjoy being a part of things and and even including this. And I was so proud. (laughs) You know, James Condry used to work for the city, and I don't know if he was invited personally there, but he was there adding his insight and wisdom. And I just love that. I think that's awesome that just because he no longer does that job, that he's still willing to come and be a part of the conversation. And I just thought that was very impressive. So I just wanted to show you this briefly. These are the green dots are showing the area of average daily traffic growth. And so you can see that there's a lot of growth growing on with our traffic. And so we need to make sure. In fact, I was like, you know, I wish some of these... Some of these citizens who are so frustrated about Buffalo Gap could have known about this meeting and maybe come and talked about it. I don't really think this is the appropriate time, but it probably would have been more appropriate to talk to them about the, bu- or to at least have conversations on what the plan is and how they're going to resolve these issues so they could be more comfortable with the changes going on in our area. The other list I w- wanted to show you, this is the the last time they did this um, study was in 2006. And then with this The census being only 2010, they didn't really feel the need to change much. So it's been a long time since they've done this. And so you can see that the blue is the area where they're trying to expand the metropolitan area. Um, And the red is the current one that they have on the books now. And then I thought this was really interesting, worth making you listen to a longer podcast because of these details. But this this blue is a picture of the projected growth of what the city is hoping to do. And I thought, wow, so you can't really see, but Buffalo Gap is like right there where my little magnifying glass is down at the bottom. And um, Anson is up here at the top. And so look at the growth that's going north to the northeast, and then to the southwest. So it's kind of becoming a blob. But I just thought this is interesting. I think this is a five-mile radius around the current city limits. And so if you're in these zones, I think it's important to know and pay attention to what's going on because you may become a city resident and not even move to do it. So I thought that was interesting. Okay, so that is clearly not the next tab. So, okay, here we go. So this I thought is important. And this is where I'm sad that we really don't have access to this information because even as an average citizen, I think it's important to know what construction projects are going on and what they're, or just projects in general, what are they working on? And so this guy got up here and told us these are all the projects they're working on. You can see all the different colors and it's so small, I can't even read it to tell you what it is, to be honest. And so that makes me sad that I don't have access to that. But these are what TechDOT is working on in the next... Phase of, um, I guess, in 24 to 28 is what the time frame is. And then, of course, we had um, the guy from the city get up and talk about all the different projects. And so you can see the blue projects are future projects and the red projects are projects they're working on. And he talked about like the honeybee, which we already mentioned and different projects are going on or like what's happening and he updated it. And I really think it's helpful, but again, this information and with too much going on this week, I just don't have the capacity to really look more into this, but it's good for us to know what, what projects they're working on. So that again, if something comes up in a meeting, We're ready and informed to be able to address it and talk about things in a way that allows us for resolution and uh, forward progress rather than just frustration that um, there's really not much that we can do. Because there is stuff we can do and we can make a difference. So the next meeting is going to be a quick one. I was hoping to be able to show you some minutes it's Abling Housing Authority. And so you remember, this is a, a, a different a board that are not listed. And I, I don't understand exactly why they're not listed. But I came here to the minutes and I was like, Oh, look, there's minutes. And then yeah, there's no minutes. So that kind of is frustrating. Um, because I think there's some really good stuff that we could learn. Like they talk about the low public low rent public housing stats, the housing choice voucher stats, the Um, Parkridge Place apartment stats, and I guess maybe that has some government funding. I don't know. The Prairie Garden apartment stats, you know... um the home resource report, there's things, the board officer elections, these are things that I think we should, the operational budget, again, I don't think we're going to need to know all the details, but it's good to have access to it if there's something we need to look into so we can not waste their time by bothering them with all the silly questions that are something that would be easily accessible if they just included the minutes, which to me, it seems by law, they're supposed to because they're publicly Uh, scheduled board appointment or board meeting and we're allowed to attend so minutes should be something that's included to my knowledge but I haven't really figured a good path to say hey I don't want to annoy you every time but there's no minutes can you show me the minutes where are the minutes why can't we have minutes and stuff like that and so it's a progress you got um, it's a process you got to figure out which which is the most important thing to tackle and I think minutes right now are important but they're not something I think needs to happen right away okay so the next one again is the, C- or not again. The next one is the Cedar C- Citizen Advisory Board agenda, and I'm kind of confused about this because again I can't go. I haven't been able to go. It's not a time that I could go, but it's also during the other meeting, and so it's just it's complicated. And so they don't have anything else but the agenda. They talked about current events, which is Black History Month scavenger hunt. Yay! Um, the May is Senior Citizens Month. Um, they changed the meeting to 9 a.m. Like, that's it. I don't know what it is. They talk about meetings, minutes. And so, if they talk about minutes, they could post minutes if they really wanted to so we can get some of the highlights of what's going on. And some people are great minute, taker, minute takers. Is that right? And other boards are not. They're very unhelpful. It's about as unhelpful as the agenda. <laughs> so, that's okay. All right. So, now we're going to go to the city council meeting. This was... Um, It's one of my favorite meetings of the week because it's just something I'm very familiar with and comfortable with, and I've learned the process. I still haven't made any any headway on some things that, you know, I'm still trying to work through. There's a lot of moving parts here, and as an average citizen, I have to take care of my life first before I can make a huge impact on the council. And so, I just wanted to let you know there was a lot of, uh, there's about... Uh, 22 items on the agenda. This is where I have, you would not believe how many notebooks. I've tried to make my life easier. In some ways, I think I've made it more complicated because I have all these different organizational notes. There were, let's see, on my page. Yeah, there were 20... 22 items, 23 items. The executive session was the last one. Hey, look, there I am. It still always makes me feel a little funny when I see myself on the videos. Um, And I know not all of Abilene watches it. So it's not like hugely hugely viewed, but it's, it's fun. I try to make sure I don't make any funny faces. But anyway, there's only 23 items on the agenda. Two were only talked about in the regular agenda. The rest were consent agenda items. And uh, you know, they approved to allow the, the Chief of Police to remove that Assistant Police Police Chief so they could see if it's in a position they actually need right now. Um, there were several purchases of uh, vehicles for the city. Uh, one was due to a wreck. One was due to something malfunctioned in it, and and so some were planned and some were not planned. I believe there was um, a budget for most of them, but you know budgets are hard. Sometimes you you can do your best, and when you need a car, you need a car. So. That was on the uh, agenda. I did think it was interesting that um, on item 12, let me see if I can look at my notes, on item 12, they talked about uh, approving a new uh, contract with Benny Keith for the senior Rose Senior Center. They actually fed, um, they did 78,643 meals last year, and so they have approved a budget to pay for the next year's meal for fiscal year 24. Um, for 236955 and it's like $3 a meal If that's the same, close to the same price which that's pretty amazing and um, I think that's a great opportunity for our community to invest in these people who long for relationships yep. and they have a great time doing this and so they need to be fed as well and so I think it's a great opportunity for us to maybe see about uh, what possibilities there are with that so anyway, I thought that was an interesting thing to tell you about um, anyway, the um, the only two items that were on the regular agenda was the approval of the RV park, which which happened. The mobile home was also approved. And so maybe there are three things. No, there were several. Maybe, uh, I'm sorry. The RV park and the mobile home were not. They were on their first version. Right. Okay, so then the revised budget. That was the important thing that we already talked about with the chief. This isn't a chief of police uh, position that was vacant. Just um, letting that have a, a breather so they can see if they need it. And then the Bel Air project. And what I love about paying attention to these details is that that Bel Air project with a project on Bel Air was wanting to put in the guy was wanting to or the whoever it was. I don't know who the person was. could be a guy or girl, probably a guy. But anyway, they were wanting to put um, patio homes in the section of land that was vacant, which is inville Development. And to my knowledge, that was using the rebuild Abilene um, project to get that going. And so, hey, look, that's working. I think that's great. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's all for now um, for the city council meeting. All right, moving on to the next meeting is the library advisory board agenda. And this meeting I almost missed. You know, I feel like I am an average citizen. I am looking and it's hard to keep track of all the things going on. But there is some rhythm to meetings. And when you have an expectation of something that's happened for a repeated amount of time, then you start to watch for those things and they fall through the cracks. However, when I'm looking every week at the calendar and trying to figure out what's going on, I typically look Friday for sure by Saturday. I'm looking to see what's going on and making my plans for the week and uh, trying to inform you. Well, lo and behold, they snipped this meeting in on Monday and I was looking back. This is normally held at the first of the month and I've gotten on to them because when it's at the first of the month and they don't post it till 24 hours beforehand, it's really hard Um because that's all they have to do. It's really hard for people to show up and be engaged. And what's interesting about this board meeting is this is where I, I, I cut my teeth. Is that the right expression? On board meeting attendances because I'd gone to city council meeting, and then a couple times, and then I started going to this board meeting to see how we can make a difference and how we can protect our kids and from what's going on in our culture, because many people don't understand why it's going on. They just think it's not a big deal. You know, it, the libraries have always been libraries, and kids have been kids, and this is what we've always done, and they don't understand there is an agenda against our kids, and if we don't have that knowledge, then we can make some bad decisions. But I did the I did my due diligence. We showed up to the board meetings. We asked them to cha- make changes, and they ultimately decided to go with a a change that had absolutely no impact whatsoever. They provided um, cards for kids that parents could opt into if they wanted to protect their kids, which, hello, as, ki- as children, as minors, there should always be the assumption that we protect them and the parent has to opt out of protecting the kids from being exposed to material that's not age-appropriate. So they've had um, nobody, I don't believe, to take advantage of the minor card program that they have. They have also implemented where you can comment on books that you are seeing being put in the library. And as a library card holder, when you log in to the library account, then you can Look through all the books they're getting ready to purchase. I mean, there are hundreds of books. It's a really laborious process. It's hard for even the most passionate average citizens to want to be involved in. And they've had zero people engage with it. And yet they meet every time and say, nobody's responded, nobody's commented, which to me is showing how ineffective it is. And I've even reached out and asked, hey, can we change some things up? And they're like, oh, we have a system in place. And it's like, It doesn't seem like they want us to succeed. And so I walked into this meeting with it already not being on the schedule very early. They changed the meeting date. Usually it's on Monday. I mean, like almost every other meeting, board meeting I've ever been to is on Monday. And they moved it to Thursday afternoon. And it was like, I was already kind of frustrated. And I looked at the board members and I'm looking at them and I've attended more board members. I mean... The three new board members have never attended a board meeting um, before being appointed to the board. And then the other two people there, one of the ladies, she was appointed after I started going to board meetings. And it's like, I have been more involved in the library advisory board than the board has. And fair enough, they just started joining. But this process of appointing board members makes absolutely no sense. And part of it is, it feels like it's a position. It's a, its like, you know... Um, Was it Andrew Johnson? I can't remember which president was known for um, giving started giving his friends positions in power. And maybe it's not. I'm totally speaking off the cuff here. And I can't remember what president started allowing his friends to have positions in government. That's what it feels like. These board members, these board meetings, while there may be some qualified people, this board seems like a a redheaded stepchild that they're just trying to keep people from having access to what we need to have access. I don't know. And I have been very gracious and I hope that you've heard enough of my podcast to know that most of these boards, I can find something redemptive. I do not find anything redemptive in this board. And, you know, I was trying, I was praying and asking what I should share. And I told them that because they're in action, I'd already told this to the board. I said, because of your inaction, now I know why. Now I know why you are okay with letting children to be exposed to human trafficking. Now I understand why you're okay with protecting 1st amendment rights of adults over protecting the innocence of our children. I understand that now. We've all been lied to. And this is not the place or time for me to really go into that, which is why I've done the book By the Bite, so that you can understand more of that. And I'm very passionate about this because it is so amazing how dismissive people are because they don't want to know the truth. And, you know, fair enough. And so I did let them know, probably in a little bit more aggressive tone. I couldn't show you the video because it's not up. It's always up, but they're not showing the video. (laughs) I'm not sure why. Probably a glitch. I don't know. Um, We'll see. And, of course, my husband wasn't able to come, so we didn't record it. And, of course, you would have just seen my backside even if I did record it. But, anyway, um, I just told them after the meeting was over, I said, listen, I said, this is supposed to be for the community to be involved. We're supposed to be able to show up. And if you wait till the last minute to post meetings on a different day than usual, it really means that you really – there's no way for us to come. We can't get people to show up because it's so inconsistent. And I said, how about you do like many of the other boards do and just tell everybody at the end of the meeting – When your next meeting is. And they were like, oh, that's a good idea. And so I think I was probably um, aggressively... Direct in a way they probably didn't like, but it's maddening. Like this is maddening because if I don't show up to these meetings, then they're going to say, "Well, you didn't do the protocol. You didn't follow the process. You're, you know, you're not doing the right thing." And and it's like this this double-edged sword that you cannot win no matter what. You can't. Maybe that's not it. You can't win no matter what you do. And so um, I'm not done. I'm not quitting on it, but I will just say that this is the most. This is the definition of insanity. This board because I don't even know what their purpose is. I feel like they said and. And do nothing so, um, and that's okay. Alright, so the last meeting, the okay, so you know, when I started this journey I never knew where it was going to go. I, God told me to start it, and I started it, and I just did the next right thing, the next right thing, and it's taken us on some amazing adventures to say the least, which is funny because it's just enabling Texas. Adventures, amazing adventures, I don't know, it's just been unpredictable, and just when I feel like I've figured the layout of the land, I get stretched into new places before. So, I thought this meeting was on Thursday. I think I even um, recognized it in the last podcast that I had misunderstood it when I was reading through the agenda actually live on. On the podcast, And so I was like, oh, great, it's in the hotel. And so I was like, what do we do? You know, here's this the board meeting, we're welcome to attend. I made sure of that. Um, but what do we do? And it's not recorded. So I was like, oh, honey, come and record this. And he's like, oh, you know, he was like, really, do I have to? But I knew that there could be some information that I think is important. And that's the thing is, is it's always this feeling of why, what are you going to do? How are you going to expose me? What are you going to do to, you know, it, and it's like, I just want people to know that we're just just trying to understand what's going on. And so through a, a chain of events, we showed up at the board meeting at the hotel and it was this conference room. It was really small. And intimate, and this is a distorted picture because I want you to see, and uh, hopefully there's some video showing too that my husband he's setting up his camera. We're in this room, and I'm sitting in the corner, and so it was really quite interesting. Um, because you know, getting to be a part of this again for the exposure of what good things are happening in Abilene, we want to understand that, and we cannot celebrate the good if we can't see all of it and the transparency. And I was thankful that they let us record because you know, apparently boards have the permission to say you can't record even though it's an open Open meeting, and that's really interesting. And it's not like we're doing anything nefarious with it. We're just trying to show people what's going on because you can't go to these meetings, and you can't, like, you know, if all 50 of us sat in this room and showed up, or you know, 100 people showed up in this room, it would be really uh, different. And so um, we went and got to understand what was going on with the hotel. And I think the asset manager with Garfield is Jeff Binford, and he's kept several times. I think I've actually never attended one of these meetings. So in all fairness, I don't think they realize I've been watching the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but I've watched every meeting I could and you know I'm I'm trying to get my I'm trying to get in, into the groove of things. And I was really grateful I had spent some time being encouraging the day before. So it, I wasn't like coming in as a hostel. Um, uh, hopefully it was coming as a friendly. And so I asked them if they would just be kind to put these, uh, the presentation slides available for us to look at online, because I think it's important for us to see what they're talking about, because a lot of it's good stuff. And I think we've had to shift from, you know, I, I still haven't resolved how the Abling Hotel, the Downtown Hotel came to be. And I haven't found anything, but I still haven't resolved how that took place and that everything was above reproach. In that area. Now, I don't know if there's anything wrong, but I still haven't confirmed it without a doubt in a way that um, I feel comfortable saying, Yeah, everything was great because there's just too many conflicting things. And so I'm still looking into that and trying to understand that. However, it's built and it's here. And we wanted to succeed because it's built and our money's invested in it. And there's the most amazing general manager there. He is such a delight to be around. I've just, he, he makes me feel special. <laughs> and I think part of that's his job, but he does a good job at it so we had the we had a great meeting we got to be a part of it and hear these great presentations and so not to belabor this too much but it was just really an exciting um, stretch for us I took this picture for you so you can just see that they were kind enough to give me a copy of what they were seeing um, because it was really hard for me to scoot around and take pictures of the screenshots uh, uh, do screenshots of what was on the 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 TV screen, because again, I would like to be able to look back over this afterwards and see what they're talking about. And one of the things that I think is interesting is it's a process. Like they've only been open for six months. I feel like, I mean, I think they do a great job of presenting the information, but I feel like there's still some wiggle room we've got to work in. And so afterwards, my husband and I were talking and we we're like, wow, they were, I don't know if you can see this, they were like $500,000 over uh, the budget, under over budget. And that's a lot of money. But there is some transition that, you know, not knowing what the costs were, there are some things that I think they had to work through that have changed some of what they thought was going to be. I mean, so it's still kind of there. There's no history to be able to really actually budget. So I don't know if that's really a big thing that we need to worry about now. And then here's my fancy picture of the actual city budget summary. It should look familiar because we've shown you this from the actual city budget, but also you can see that there's parentheses at the bottom and it says that there is, um, let me see if I can zoom in. Oh, there we go. So, it actually was over 475,003. The actual budget was over 400. It was over budget by $473. And so that seems like a lot of money. It seems like um, the money that we spent on the dog park. And I know those two don't necessarily cross over because it's a fund budget and all that stuff, but it's something to be looking into. And I think if you look at what they're projecting the hotel, it's supposed to, it should have revenues of $3 million. So again, I think we want to cheer this hotel on. We want it to succeed, even though maybe there's some disagreement about how it came to be, um, I will tell you, I'm not a big hotel person, but that place made me feel really excited to be there. And if anyone can make me happy about hotels and being in a hotel restaurant, I would say they had they had a lot to overcome and they did a great job. And I, they're just, it's it's good to see people in an element where they're happy, they're comfortable, and they feel like they're around people that are on the same page with them because they behave differently. And 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 I appreciate recognizing that because it allows me to see kind of who they are in a more natural element versus in an element. Where they feel like maybe someone's not for them, and so I was really glad we went. I had um, it, I really got a, a stretched in in so many ways. Um, but I can do hard things and I hope you can do hard things too. And so come join me, find which board meeting you like. There's so many fascinating things to learn about what's going on in our city. And you just start to look at the city different. And that's been my takeaway. So sorry for such a long description of all that went on, but it has been a busy week. And that's not even all that went on in my week. That was just what happened in the city. So let's go ahead and move into the week in preview. Alright, so this seems like not necessarily a busy week per se like last week was, but it is going to keep you on your toes if you're trying to keep up with things. Unfortunately, most of what's going on I really can't report on very accurately because, you know. There's a lot going on, so let's look here. So on February 27th, there's one, two, three, four meetings, and I'm thinking, well, is this just like the perfect storm, or is this going to keep happening? Because how in the world can you do all these meetings? So we have the Neighborhood Services Advisory Board. That's one I've never been to, um, but I would like to go. It starts at 10 a.m. and then on the Tuesday, and that's at the Chamber Council, uh, the Council Chamber. Sorry, <laughs> and then at 10:30 at the same time, and the first finance conference room um i believe that's probably at the somewhere in the fireman i don't know where that is um be honest but it's at 10 30 it's the fireman relief and retirement fund board and then at four o'clock on tuesday which sad to miss because um we're going to be going to see the governor governor's to Abling. i totally forgot to tell you all about that the, and i'll tell you more about that in a minute um the abilene land remarks commission i really enjoy those meetings um one day i'll get to be there in person but it just hasn't worked out and then at the same time across town we have this child advocacy center board meeting at the courthouse um um, and then on February twenty eighth, we have the nine one one district board meetings, and I believe that meets at the South um, Library. If it's something you can attend, I think that's great. They're not recorded, so we don't have a lot to report on. So while there's a lot going on, I don't have a lot to report on, and I think that's all the weekend preview. But I will tell you, because this is really exciting. It's been two years since our governor has come to Abilene, and he is coming on Tuesday at three forty five. The doors open, I believe, or we can get started. Showing up and... Um, or it starts at 345 at the 201 Mesquite Event Center, which is right around the corner from Front Porch. It's a great event center where we host a lot of different, we, we've had a lot of events there. And so the governor will be there. And I'm so excited because, you know, I think it's important for us to go and be a part of things that happen locally, especially when dignitaries from, out, you know, like our governor for the state of Texas comes, even if you don't agree with him, even if you don't like him, it's a big deal. And so like, I'm going to take my kids and we're going to go and get our pictures probably made with him because that's just something that, you know, um, will be a mark in their memories for the rest of their life. And so I hope you can come and be a part of that. And there's some other things going on, but I'm, um, again, I just think, you know, I went when Dawn Buckingham, the land commissioner came and I didn't even know who she was and found out I was talking to her and didn't even realize it. I was <laughs> feeling a little silly, but, you know, show up and be a part of these things we have because we are very unique in that we get to have these opportunities. I met Ken Paxton, uh, uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton a couple years ago as well. Um, Who was it? Alan West came there. uh, Chad Prather came. There's so many things that are happening that allow us to be connected to a bigger scene and our bigger stage. And I think that's important for us. So I hope you'll make plans to do that. And then also, I believe there is a HD 71 House District 71. Our state reps are going to have a forum on KRBC on Thursday night. And I think that's something we should all pay attention to because again, you get to learn and see how people are and what they stand for and get to make evaluations. Most of us, I mean, most of Abling votes in early voting, so it's it's kind of moot at this point. If But there are some who haven't. But again, I think it's still important for us to pay attention to who is um, – Running for the office so that we can make sure we pick the person who best represents us and you talk to people who will educate you on why we need certain representation and why that's good for our area not just to tell us who to vote for if you were to ask me who to vote for I would tell you about both candidates of course I have an opinion but I would really want you to make the decision based on your understanding of what your needs are because everybody has a little bit different priorities and that's okay and then we come together and get kind of the overall person who we want to represent us best. So thanks so much for listening. Again, I know this has been a long podcast and it, it's been um, really fun to get to share with you a lot of what's going on in our city. And I hope that you will subscribe and share this with your family and friends so that they can too be informed and educated so and empowered to make an impact in Abilene in the big country. Until next time.